The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. I actually, I have a, I have no, no, Scott, you have to shut up because I'm clicking on the Google <laughs> Live button. And we're live. I never it is. I host Scott. <laughs> Monday, September 20th, 2021, 5.01 p.m. Scott has a new game that he likes to play um while when i'm trying to start the show as i'm getting ready to click on the blue go live button he starts talking which puts me in this impossible position where i can't click the blue go live button to start the show because then it would start in the middle of a scott shapiro sentence but i can't you know so eventually i have to say scott shut up so i can click the google f button and, uh, that is the action that took place just before the show started Kate it's almost a- like a set ben that's almost like a sophie's choice i'm so sorry it's, it's but- terrible i mean like what the, the position I'm that i am put you in that horrible horrible position. and it was like <laughs> be- before you know you know if you weren't tenured it would be easy but, you know, um, or if it were a, at a lesser school or if you weren't, you know, a, if you weren't a philosopher, but all those things together, are you going to interrupt a philosopher at the Yale Law School with tenure to start the show? Can't be done. It's like Stalin. We just have to keep clapping till our hands are stumped. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh I just want to say, I just want to say, I don't make the rules. Um, <laughs> Oh, we are Facebook now, Scott. Sorry. We are not allowed to have fun anymore. But in lieu of fun, we are going to do something today that I have been uh, waiting to do since we started the Where's the Lie segment. When we first started this, there were a few people who I wanted to play Where's the Lie with. One of them is Barack Obama, because I think like getting a story about the presidency and you have to figure out whether it's true or false would be like super fun. And I think he would totally deadpan it. Um, And uh, it would be really fun to try to figure out if it was true. The other was Virginia Heffernan, because Virginia is, as I have said on the show many times before, one of the great talkers uh, in talking, I don't know what the the noun form Nailed of that it. is. <laughs> yeah. um, in, and in, in rhetoric and oration. Rhetoric oration. and oration. Thank you. Um, and uh, there's always a thread of a story when she gives one of these monologues of hers. Um, and so I thought we would bring the story out and. Um, assess its truth. Okay, uh, here is a reminder of the rules. The poll is already up. Uh, 70% of you without Virginia having begun her story think she's lying. Um, (laughs) You can vote anytime. You can change your vote anytime. Um, uh, You can, uh, uh, you can uh, note your, uh, uh, belief or disbelief and discuss it in the chat, there is one thing you cannot do. You cannot Google any publicly available facts uh, to assess because that is cheating. Will we know if you're cheating? No. no. We'll never know. You'll get away with it, but you will suck if you cheat. You'll just suck and you'll know you suck. At the end of the story, we will each ask three questions. We will bring in two members of the audience to ask three questions. If you would like to be said member of the audience, flag that in the ask a question box. If you ask another question, I will ignore you. Um, And then we will do the big reveal and see whether we can spot the lie in Virginia Heffernan's story, if there is one. So, Virginia, welcome back to In Lieu of Fun. No pressure or anything, but I've been looking forward to this uh, 
uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks. So, well, I okay, I have two because I've now made a study of this game, and I've decided to do to have all of it exist in the questions except a very short story. Do you know what I mean? So, like, some hmm. of them go on and on, but this is just it's a it's a it's a high concept. You know, it's like so, one so, long line. So, in other film, words, in other words. Story. But the thing that we're assessing whether it's true is the short story at the beginning. Yes. I, is this, is I just this love I, I, I love this high concept, low concept thing. That's yeah. a great. This is like classic great... Virginia, to be fair. I, I, yeah. I, I really thought about it because I had a really long one with these detours, but then I still wondered if the detours were false anyway. So now it's just simple. That, just fact check this. Okay. Or tell me you think it, I'm lying or not. Um, I w in, sorry, at 28... I went to interview Václav Havel in his castle in Prague with George Stephanopoulos. Wait, that can't be all. That was a sentence. Like you said it was a short story, but you didn't say it was like a fortune cookie. Well, that's where it, the questions, that's the, that is, that's where the, it's going to come out in the questions. All right. We're, we're going to play with this. We've only got 54 minutes left in the show. <laughs> yeah. we but, can... that's why, but that's why I think... That's Did you why break think... Scott or is he frozen? I think Scott's frozen. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, he, looks, he looks frozen oh. on my screen and I'm just like, I was like, was that such a short story that like Scott is just completely... Yeah, Scott's broken from it. Yeah. Right, um, people are already asking questions. All right, so no, no. let's do it. If I went with George and I did go with George. Yeah, so we're going to have a different, uh, slightly different format. We're going to have to adjust. The format is going to be, Kate, you ask whatever questions you want to mm -hmm. ask. And then I will, and then we'll just start. And Scott will, if, if Scott continues to exist. And then we will uh, bring people in to ask questions. So you, you get us started, KK. Okay. Where... You ha tell me the details. I would like, what was your flight itinerary? Mm. And where did you leave from? Where did you have, and where did you, what, what was your flight? Like what, what, what um, airline? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a great question. So it was 1998 and I can't remember the airline, um, but I flew New York. We flew direct New York, Prague. And he's, I'll just give you another detail. He sat in first class and I sat in coach because we were traveling together, but I was in the support clerical role. And George Stephanopoulos was famous, as we all know. And so first class for him. And we were working for a magazine called Talk, edited by one Tina Brown. So she paid lavishly for him and not for me. It was direct flight, I don't know which airport in New York, Pretty sure Direct, like, how long? Wait, this is going to be a second question. I have to watch myself. Mm -hmm. I would be so terrible I will, if there was I, like a I, am, I don't need to Google this to tell people that uh, uh, Talk Magazine, edited by Tina Brown, really did exist. It, oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was her post-New Yorker. Uh, 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 it, it flamed out fairly quickly. I want to say it had a relationship. Maybe with because Harvey it put Weinstein, George Stephanopoulos right? in first class. Um, all wasn't the way there, to, like, wasn't there like a Miramax Harvey Weinstein part that of is, Talk yes, Magazine? I worked, I could do a whole other story on how I worked for Harvey Weinstein. Yes, um, at Talk. And, I, you know, to my shame was part of that open secret. I mean, I really did. I mean, I wasn't anywhere in his sights, but I really did know and walk around most days knowing like don't get near him he's like hurt other people um so yeah so um were you an employee of talk magazine or were you a um uh how did you come to be uh support staff for George, uh, I was going to say George Papadopoulos, but that's because <laughs> looking at boy. your face when we have George and a and a Greek multisyllabic last name, <laughs> it's in our conversations. It's going to be Papadopoulos. It's always the coffee boy. It's always the yeah. coffee boy. Um, I so I had been a fact checker at the New Yorker and then um, disappeared for a little while into um, academia because for the money. 
um, as Scott knows well. I just I needed to get rich quick scheme, and you know some people heard yeah. multi level marketing, and I decided to try to do a dissertation. So I no, that's that. not true. No, that's true. Oh, you're right. <laughs> no lies. I didn't do it for the money, but I did go back, and um, and then when I came back to journalism. I approached Tina and she got me, she let me come there as a fact checker as something like employee number six. We did a year long preparation for the launch. I was a fact checker and they were doing a lot of, I, this is sort of this these days of synergy where the idea was like kind of studio system for like Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, the writers, and then just milk them for stories that they could then turn into movies and be sure the writer gets as paid as little as possible. Right. And good strategy. And so one of the things was to get the staff writers like Fleet Street style, the staff writers or the staff to do as much of the heavy lifting as possible so that we didn't have to pay top dollar for writers. So one of the things they had the super junior people like me do was um, read over like found documents like this, this, guy that had kept a diary of working with Mike Nichols on Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. So that huge diary, just all these pages came over my desk and I was charged with going through it and trying to make an oral history out of it. So I was doing kind of stuff like that. And then that led to handling talent because there's nothing I am better at than dancing attendance on a male ego. It's just like, that is my jam. Just like saying things like, that is incredibly interesting. How did you know that? Wow, you must have done a lot of reading on that subject. Stop giving so, away <laughs> my secrets, Virginia. <laughs> so I was put with the likes of Newt Gingrich and George Plimpton, and I just was splained and splained and filled with splanations from men. Um, and one of the people who I was chosen to splain because I was so good at taking splanations was one George Stephanopoulos. And that meant preparing him for this for this interview by getting like decent English translations of some of um, Václav Havel's writings in Hungarian. Ha ha! Check. <laughs> Tried to make it look like I was lying. Um, <laughs> and um, and anyway, in Czech, so I got translations from the Czech to English, and I studied. You know, I prepped him like people did for like Charlie Rose in the day or whatever, um, and. <laughs> then he needed someone to carry his pen and fact check and be sure he was on top of everything. And so I did some of the wrangling stuff when we got on the ground in Prague. And I have so much gossip about him. I don't know if okay, that's allowed. Yeah, yeah, wait, about who? About Vaclav Havel or, or George Evanopoulos? Both, actually. Both. Okay, I'm so sorry. Actually, like, can, every time you say that name, I keep thinking that you, like, sneezed or something. Stephanopoulos <laughs> <laughs> like, or Havel? No. Václav. Václav. Va Wait, I don't. Yeah. He says Vaslav. Another thing I learned is he says Vaslav. Um, Wait. So, so, so this is a. Um, this is my question. To, to, to connect. Did you finish your question, Ben? No, no. Go ahead. We, okay, we can take okay. turns. Okay. I just didn't want to step on your turn. So. No, no. Um, okay. Okay. So I have like so many people have said to me about Vaslav Havel that you think he's short. <laughs> but he's over six foot tall. How, how much taller, I'm like, is he like six one or is he more like six four? Like what's the... Oh my God, that is such a good question. Um, I um, I feel like I'm in serial, you know, the like podcast where no one could remember what happened to Adnan Syed. <laughs> like, I'm just like, is it possible that I just don't remember? He was seated seated, sitting seated. most of the time because he was <laughs> old and he okay. was he, with his second wife. His first wife was a good communist. I know I'm dodging the shortness question, but his second wife, who was very present, was an actor. So he was a little bit like the kind of Jerry Rubin. He was a little bit like those boomers or the people that were lefties. And then they, you know, people like a family values person like David Brooks, who then married like a sexy assistant. So, but the but for the left. So he was like a good communist, good stodgy, you know what I mean? Like a good stodgy person, like supportive The Woody person. Allen, that's the, that's the famous line from Woody Allen's Annie Hall, where he says, You're, I'm a bigot, but for the left. 
Um, but so much did. There was the yeah, the stories are because it was we were celebrity besotted. But what was also nice for all of us who worked there, including Tom Watson, who's a very straight arrow, is that um, we got to pretend that we were above all the celebrities while also being really so freaking excited and blown away when like Paul Newman came to the office, you know, but we were like, no, we need to be covering really important news stories. Like what are the, what, you know, what's, what's going on in the Persian Gulf now? Like we've lost sight of the Persian Gulf. <laughs> I do not care that Padma Lakshmi, who Tina literally introduced as the great beauty of the Orient to us. Just saying, no, wow. Oh my God. Was, he was dating Fatwa Saddam, I mean, Saza, what's I guess name? Salman oh Rushdie. my God! No, did, you call him, did, you, did you call him fatwa? I called him. <laughs> called you him called fatwa. him fatwa. No, I was okay. I don't even. There I, was I, a fatwa against him. Live but, TV. We don't. We, we don't. Uh, we don't. We don't attack our guests over over their oh. their uh, Freudian slips. Yeah. No, okay. I was Wait, calling man. him like, like the way you would call like champagne scott shapiro like your his nickname is, <laughs> you know what i mean like the like the way you know yeah. him for you know no no, no, no I, and, I get I, it i get it but, but virginia what goes around comes around you attack the guest you attack the questioner the questioner's gonna go after you just saying so i'm just saying scott by the way mixing it up on twitter with you is a lot of fun oh, um, well, all right likewise any other okay, questions okay. keep from coming yeah, I want that. I, I'm going to burn a whole question. I still have one more. I'm going to burn a whole question. What's the George Stephanopoulos gossip like? Come on. Oh, yeah. Okay. So anyone who knows, like, his marriage history or dating history could probably fact check this in their brains. But he was at the time single. And he was for a while, he was like a bachelor. And his, so, and his father is a... Um, Eastern Orthodox, Greek Orthodox priest who runs an important church. I don't know if he's still alive. But um, so there was some idea that he might have to marry a Greek Orthodox woman. And he, he told this to me as his like dutiful assistant carrying like, I think literally a briefcase of his wearing a suit, late 90s suit I was. Um, and um, in Prague, but he was trying was, to get married or? and he wanted to get married in Prague, in Prague. So he had done in a pre-Tinder, pre-Bumble, he had done a kind of dating service that was like um, for high-end something, executives. And it was for... Uh-oh. Should we just make up the rest of that story? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a dramatic thing. I know. It's, I think that George just came and bumped off Virginia before yeah, just, uh... the rest of that story from 1998. That actually didn't seem too, it was going to be too salacious, but who well, knows? We're, we were maybe just getting to the salacious part. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can wonder, can like, someone tell yeah. me while we, while she's gone who this person is that she's meeting? <laughs> Václav Havel? Yeah, I recognize the name. I think it's in a Fam Billy Joel song or something. Famous Czech but... dissident becomes the president of Czechoslovakia uh, after uh, the... Um, uh, uh, after communism fell. Yes. Okay. Very celebrated. Like I, uh, he's a Nobel Prize, uh, Peace Prize. I remember, I know like that about him, but like not like what he did to get the Nobel Prize, if that makes sense. Okay. Probably not. He was, anyway. Uh, I think he was a fighting. He's a playwright, uh, huh. Huh. prisoner of conscience. Yeah. Um, I was I was confused. And, and he wrote the, the New Yorker's obituary of Frank Zappa. Yeah. Oh. Um, wow. Wow. That's kind of wow. cool. When Zappa yeah. died, um, I'm trying to get Virginia back on the screen. When Zappa died, uh, Václav Havel, who was then the sitting uh, president of Czechoslovakia, wrote an obituary that said that when he was in internal exile, uh, which was basically house arrest in in. Uh, for years, uh, they used he used to play Frank Zappa records to remind himself that there were places in the world where you could say anything. Wow, that's amazing! That's, that's incredible. Freaking amazing! Um, wow. 
Yeah. Wow. I mean, let me while while, while while I will see if I can dig it. Ben, up. you're yeah. being paged by John Hawkinson. You have to give Paula permission to Google Frank Zappa because she doesn't know who Frank Zappa is. Uh, Paula, this is you... universe This is your okay. Virginia, you vanished in the middle of just as George Stephanopoulos was signing up for a dating service for Dang. eight men. All right. All um, right. You disappeared, and we thought George had his. <laughs> had his ABC hackers <laughs> hack in lieu of fun to stop you from. So, so okay. So I, just to be kind to him, he, um, he, he did, he flew someone over and she was Eastern European as maybe some people that you fly over places to meet you are, or maybe not. I'm not saying anything about the Ukraine girls um, really knock you out. Um, so anyway, he flew over this woman and she, to his great disappointment, had acne. And so there was a lot of the time spent before we went to <laughs> Kate. You just gave like a sad look, like, hmm, oh, acne. I mean, you're trying to find like a hot escort, and she has acne. I, I mean, a little was. bit, but that was also uh, simultaneous to me opening the link to Vakov Havel and looking at him for like the first time. <laughs> like, uh, but, that happened. But, <laughs> Is that googling? That could be googling. Um, no, it's a C-SPAN thing. I didn't look at anything else. I'm saving it for later. Sorry. I will say I do I think that he was doing like the best one can single and dating and I don't mean to hold this against him. And then he came back and met his now wife and has seemed very happy with her ever since. So that is this is not to disparage him. We all do, you know, we're all freaks when we're single, right? Uh yeah. yeah. Sure. So what's yeah. your Vatslav Havel gossip? Oh, all right. So mostly that his wife was forever coming in to be like in check, like Vaslav, smile, like it was just like <laughs> early capitalism. I mean, it hadn't been that long, and all of a sudden, everything had to be like in color. There was no, you know, there was no nothing brutalist left, and it was, I mean, it was just super cool. She even put like bronzer and and you know. And I, well, not, I, not everything had to be black and white. It was, right, exactly. It, it was not everything had to be black and white or like stodgy. And they, they didn't have to be like egalitarian. She could be just like beautiful and he could be Two a times great man. Cabbage. Sorry. Two times cabbage. Exactly. exactly. But, but they were like, as you guys probably remember, Prague like skipped some steps and, you know, Prague got its. I don't think they really took the bit, do you? feels like they just didn't really go down the Iron Curtain. Like they just kind of, their Iron Curtain was a little more, it had already a little more, I don't know. A little more see-through? More fence. More fence. Yes, yes, exactly. More uh, like a, I was gonna, I don't know what it was, more, but in any case. More of a border back, wall. Yes, like they came back to mm. life really quickly. You know, yeah. they didn't, they didn't, um, they were just like waiting. So that's what he seemed. And it seemed that she really liked that he was here in the West because for maybe some of our younger brothers and sisters who don't remember that he was like a velvet underground person, which, um, you know, he, he, he loved the velvet underground. And so George and he talked about Lou Reed and that made his new wife feel like he was kind of like a pop star instead of, you know, this kind of random head of state in a small European, recently communist country. Because um, remember that about Havel? Like he was different from your Lech Valenzos and stuff. He was, he had some razzle dazzle in the US. I, I did not know about the razzle dazzle. Definitely Lech Valenza, I don't think had razzle dazzle in the West. You gotta remember um, the Lou Reed stuff with Havel, no? No. That's Oh, well, that's the Velvet Revolution. Yeah, all right. Someone all right. in the comments knows that. And don't leave me hanging. Someone is there any relief? This is not one of my questions. I'm pointing it towards my, my co-host. Any, is there like Velvet Underground, like a pun in the Velvet Revolution? Nothing, yes. nothing, no. It is? Okay. I think there's some, I think there is some either urban myth or some accident or some possibility that one thing inspired the other says lisa agrees yes virginia someone says lou reed i know they have something to do with each other and i'm not sure what it is because and one thing i did was not google anything before i'm answering questions 
So you're I'm, a, and, you're and, allowed and, to Google before the show. But I Virginia. didn't want to. I didn't want to because I thought that it would be more authentic because I couldn't remember things. Right. Okay. So so uh, I wasn't coached. I wasn't coached. It's time to God, take audience questions. Smile, Doctor Doom. The floor is yours. You get three questions. Oh, I I really only needed one. All right, um, you can take one. Thank you, um, Virginia. Um, you, you mentioned that uh, Mr. Stephanopoulos uh, dated. Um, can you recall any of his uh, girlfriends and uh, American girlfriends and where they went to school? <laughs> where they went to school? Um, like, yeah. It seems like it's peeing off a better story than mine. And that, like, uh, I don't. I remember him talking about what he needed in a girlfriend. I don't remember him, nor do I remember reading in the Observer or whatever about his girlfriends and where they went to college. The only girlfriend I can think of is that woman that he met that I described so persuasively. And the, uh, what's it called? And the woman that he married, who I think is named Alexandria and is also an actress. Okay, well then I'm done with my questions because that was that was a dry a dry uh, dry hole. So. Right. No, who was it though? Who was it? Um, this is a, a woman who uh, who uh, also dated the one of the founders of uh, eBay and uh, broke off with him. And. Uh, Stephanopoulos was one of one of the people that she dated. Anyway, so. all right. I'm glad that's it. I'm glad it ended there because up until that last <laughs> piece of information, the relevance was really tenuous. <laughs> Daniel, in his native habitat, you have three questions. Um, was the show a ruthless you questioner? Sorry, Daniel. Was the show you were working for syndicated at the time? Um, I wasn't working for a show. For some reason, he was brought in as a print journalist. And I don't remember what his deal with ABC was at the time. But he was just supposed to um, do a whole interview. And then I was supposed to transcribe it. Clerical, secretarial. I was not really there as a journalist. I was supposed to transcribe the whole hours and hours of interview through a translator, um, and then uh, cut it into what I thought was good for the magazine. So anyway, none of it was on TV is the answer to that. There were no cameras around except for like some stills. Um, what language did you transcribe the interview into? English, but I, sorry, there was, a there was an interpreter on the spot. So, and he spoke a little English if I remember, but I just transcribed what the, we recorded it, right? So then there was like a check. So then that on the thing was indecipherable or whatever. It's just like they had deleted words nobody understands. And then it was what the interpreter said. And then it was what George Stephanopoulos said, if I remember right. And then I transcribed it from the tapes. So I, I don't want to pretend I speak Czech. And where was the interview printed? Talk Magazine, which is unfindable online right now. I will verify again also that Talk Magazine really was real. Yeah. <clears throat> and it really did. Uh, I, I did not know that Virginia worked for Talk Magazine mm -hmm. at any point, but uh, her account of things connected with it uh, has the ring of truth to me. Um, well, do you guys have additional questions for Virginia on this subject before we go to the big reveal? I, I only got to ask one question. Then yeah, everyone ask, left too. Then you guys better ask more. I'm all um, tapped out. I, you know, I've been listening carefully to this whole call, whatever you guys call it, a show, right, right, show, sure. <laughs> um, and um, and I can't recall you ever saying what the conversation was about involving Václav Havel. Right. So 
it was it was a long conversation and it was about a new book he had a new book that was just out at the time and that george had had to like get a hasty translation of and read but george was really interested in religion so he asked a lot of questions about communist atheism and also I think at the time he was still like quite interested in Eastern Orthodox religions. Um, and so it was really heady and he was really prepared to talk about. What was the book about? Yeah. What was Havel's book about? That is a very good question. I have a signed copy around here somewhere and it's in Czech and I cannot remember. I mean, it was nonfiction and it's a Czech book, and, but yes. I don't remember. So we have they don't Petra. We have an actual Czech person here, um, mm. who I think should Petra. You should come on and and uh, take Doctor Doom's extra two questions. Yeah, uh, we're going to bring on Petra to to ask you some uh, to interrogate the Václav Havel plausibility here. Um, I'm, uh, I'm by the way, if this oh, is not for oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, she I has rejected drop. the... Uh, she doesn't usually come on screen. We're, we're trying again. Um, no, I think she doesn't want to come on screen. Oh. Um, oh, it doesn't right. work for me tonight. Okay. Uh, but, Kate? okay. Um, hmm. Uh, what did you do when you weren't working while you were in Czechoslovakia? Uh, okay, so part of the reason I so much remember that he was dating is that I spent almost no time with him. And there was a restaurant called... Um, so uh, another great thing about Prague at that moment for anyone who went there or went there, I had been there closer to the demise of the Iron Curtain. Um, and one of the great things about Prague was that they quickly embraced Soviet kitsch the way New York did. So like every other restaurant was called like KGB or whatever. And this one, the one that I went to was called Pravda. And it was, I just loved it. And it was like black and white and chic and 90s. And I just like sat there and was amazed that I was there and then did a little a little touristing down like these little little stony ways but of course we were only there in i don't remember the hotel at all we were only there for like two nights you know it was as cheap as possible as tina could get it so i didn't get to do and mostly we were just like prepping for the interview going to the interview um and um i remember overhearing people saying in english like i can still have this guy's accent in my head um walking along like the embankment of the river there, whose name I'm also forgetting. Um, and the guy was saying, the young are very much mouthing the platitudes of capitalism. I just remember <laughs> hearing him say that. And I was like, mouthing the platitudes, right? <laughs> and, you know, I was like, I can mouth them. Here, I'm going to mouth a platitude Yeah, exactly. I'll mouth a platitude. Exactly. So I like... The so, invisible anyway, hand. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, capital gains, no. Um, yes. Libertarian, Ayn Rand. Um, but um, I... So that's what I remember doing was like kind of strolling around and I remember just like, the, yeah, these little pathways and then being at this restaurant called Pravda. Paula, you get a question. You have a question about uh, uh, Virginia's clothes. Uh, yeah, you want me to ask my first question? I want you to ask whatever question you want. Okay, uh, what were you wearing at the time? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked me. Okay, do you remember there's this brand called- no. Teen I don't, don't say do you okay. remember. Okay, okay. Five years there, ago. there is this a brand called, <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a brand called Teen Flow, which was not for teens. I don't really understand it. I want to look it up after. I can picture the logo. And it wasn't like, like how Forever 21 is for 13 year olds. <laughs> it was, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's it. Right. <laughs> but it was, it was like, it was like 
um, workwear, and it was a great. It was a um, dark green suit. It was from Tango in Brooklyn Heights. If anyone lives there, and it was. I, I'm so glad you asked this, but of course. And I went into the. Um, of course, that's all I cared about. I went into the like boutique place and was like, I'm interviewing Bob Havel with George <laughs> Stephanopoulos, and I need an outfit. And I let made them like just cover me with whatever but of course like what did they care like I, it wasn't the tonys like who cares what i was wearing but anyway it was um green and i might even uh-oh oh no we've lost oh. virginia again is that a sign or i think you know george stephanopoulos it's maybe it's and it was all one it was a oh wait you gotta start like again high heels you you got uh, you froze. You were again. saying green. Oh. You froze a green. green. Oh, okay, froze a green. Sorry, it was um, it was like possibly double-breasted, tight jacket, and then slightly flared pants, and high heels, and a very very little remembered idea of the '90s that really was a '90s thing. Dark green. Someone asked. It was like um. Yes, yeah, somewhere between like dark green and and like a and like army green actually. Um, yeah, it was really tight and <laughs> it was really, um, and it was really high heels and that so, there was a lot of walking around to get through the gap. So Paula, you also had a question about, uh, you know, whether Virginia had a moment where she was like, yeah, so I, yeah. when did you have your like, oh shit moment? Cause I feel like whenever someone has an oh shit moment, they like, they kind of remember the scene around them. Um, You mean like I can't believe this is happening? Mm -hmm. I mean, oh, you're yeah. like in the presidential palace. In the presidential um, palace, you know, total... meeting with the president with George Stephanopoulos, and was there like a yeah. moment where you're like, uh, have yeah. an out of body experience watching yeah. yourself, um, watch, you know, watching yourself sitting there uh, with the president of Czechoslovakia, famed totally. dissident, and uh, 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 and George Stephanopoulos in your uh, green uh, yes. double-breasted suit. <laughs> I was, um, yes, I was, um, exactly, Kate, totally remember uniform outfits. I was, um, it was, I was totally just floating during it. But I uh, sometime in the 90s, someone taught me this French word. Do you ever use this word? Habitué. Habitué. Like someone who's just very, very comfortable and habituated to places. So I decided, it's like how some people decide they're going to have repose. Like that's phrase from Fitzgerald. Well, anyway. So I was going to have repose, yes. But I also wanted to be an habitué everywhere I went. So I thought... I am sitting here and there is no way I'm going to give away that I'm like from Hanover, New Hampshire, 03755, a tiny town. And that, you know, I was scared to go to college in Philadelphia because it seemed too giant and overwhelming. And I am going to, and I'm like looking at, at George Stephanopoulos and history in the form of, I mean, I'm actually, there is a part of me that's just like, this was incredible because, you know, the wall had just fallen. My parents got me like a chip of it with a little bit of um, of uh, um, spray paint on the on it on the a chip you know piece of the Berlin Wall. You guys, I don't know. And um, and I like had it, you know. And I was really freaking excited about what was next. And I and like people were like starting cafes in Prague and 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 then here was Havel and Havel was going to help with this transition. And it looked like a solid communist or former one-time communist was really going to be able to like accommodate this thing so that this something that i thought would be a crisis was you know was going to end in nuclear war because that's what i thought it would end in had ended in this brought to this soft velvety landing with this very personable brilliant philosopher and i sort of thought like briefly in this 90s way that we might have this wonderful soft landing for liberal humanism and liberal democracy. I mean, I, that's super corny, but that's my oh shit moment. And yeah. it was, you know, right? Like that was such a beautiful time, you know? And it's like so yeah. silly. It was like the son of this Greek Orthodox, you know, person that had worked for Clinton, who of course had been my hero. And then, and then he was trying to understand what was gonna happen to the Eastern Orthodox churches in the region. And I got to be, 
present for it and carry pencils. And then there was this actress who was doting on. You on, earlier uh, said you Bravo. carried pens. Aha. <laughs> True. I don't, think, I don't think, to be honest, I carried either. Both of those were proxies for water, which I basically was carrying, just anything he needed. Um, but, but the, I guess the oh shit moment was when I looked, when I was staring at the out the window at his wife, his blonde wife, and she was looking in to be sure he was smiling, just like many of our mothers might look to our fathers to be sure if they were smiling. And something about that exchange in the why am I forgetting the name of that kind of room? It's like a greenhouse, like a sunroom. It is a sunroom. Okay, so outside the sunroom, beautiful rolling lands. She keeps nervously looking in to be sure he's smiling for the cameras. That was just this like incredible moment of capitalism, liberal democracy, the end of communism, this old wife, the old world, new world. Are we all going to make this thing work? So I would say that was the oh shit moment of like, I am at a nexus of history that I can never explain to the kids at home. Oblio 23, you have a question. Real easy question. Was the was this all conducted in English or did you have a translator? There was an interpreter present in the moment. And um, and to be honest, because, you know, we're being honest, um, the the I can't remember the sequence of things. I mean, the interpreter was his like the interpreter didn't travel with us and he had kind of like a team of people around him. And one of them was his, was that person. Um, and yeah. Um, but there was an interpreter. Yeah. George did it's time to vote. Anything in check. Yeah. I think it's time to vote. Right. least All right. He might have. So here is, uh, this is your right now. Uh, there is a Gavin Newsom sized <laughs> vote for this being a lie by Virginia, uh, 66.1% think this story is bullshit. Um, uh, Kate, what do you think? I think it's bullshit. Why do you think it's bullshit? I I just like there's like, um, although I do appreciate uh, the, I do appreciate some of the detail, like what she was wearing. I also kind of think that there are certain things that would probably have stood out. Like, I feel like you'd remember like a translator more distinctly in the room and the conversation and like not standing around awkwardly waiting for a translation or things like that. Um, so yeah. Scott? Uh I unfortunately, I mean, I feel so bad because I like you so much, Virginia, but I think it was a lie. Um, and it pains me to say this, um, but I mean, I have to tell the truth, um, unlike you. Um, the, the, the thing is that I feel like you had said, like you spent all this time researching and then you were like, oh no, I'm just going to go off. Like, why would you have to research the truth? Um, and then you didn't want to look at Google because you didn't want to like be canned. But like, again, like if it's the truth, why would you worry about that? But more than anything, the fact that you like, of course, you know, Vaclav Havel, I think is not tall, but the fact that you didn't know that immediately and that you then wanted to throw it back on me. Question? Yeah, I lied to Oh, wow, um, you didn't but, even have to. You didn't even say six feet on Tinder, Virginia. Like, oh, right, six, I didn't say six feet. Tinder, six feet. Paula, what, what, uh, what is your verdict? Whoops. Yeah. I think she's lying. Um, I think if you have an experience like that, or at least what I do, you you really can't confine yourself to a sentence. Like, there's so much you want to say mm. because there's so much to it and after years of reflection you can like put the points together and it becomes this really nice narrative so i would say bullshit all right daniel what do you say um i'm with the rest of the crew and i think it's a lie all right i am going to take the uh contrary position here and I want to I, I want to explain why, because uh, I seem to be uh, gravely outnumbered. Um, 
Um, but so first of all, there is part of this story that I know to be true. Um, that is Virginia's account of talk magazine is, uh, uh, is correct. And I believe that she really did work there because her account of Tom Watson, um, uh, trying to persuade himself that they were doing high-minded stuff while in fact being um, uh, uh, infatuated with, you know, the celebs as they came, as Tina brought them in. Uh, that's, that's definitely real. Um, uh, and uh, so then the question becomes, would Tina uh, have contracted... George Stephanopoulos to go out and meet with uh, and interview Václav Havel for a kind of uh, vapid celebrity interview? Um, and the answer is yes. That's exactly the kind of thing she would have done. And then the question becomes, would she have sent a young, uh, uh, eager, uh, editorial staffer on to uh, wait hand and foot on George Stephanopoulos while he did so. And the answer to that is, yeah, that's totally plausible. And so I think the basic structure of the story is, is very plausible and has a lot of things right about it. Now, could this be because uh, Virginia, in fact, worked at Talk Magazine and saw George Stephanopoulos sent out to do this or somebody like him? Uh, and um, yeah, and that, the, that this happened or something like it happened and she therefore is in a good position to construct the story. Yeah, but I'm actually going to go with this story is basically true. I think that I just want to point out for the record, Ben, that the last time you decided to vote on something based on your knowledge of an editorial process, it was Jonathan Rausch. And Jonathan Rausch completely screwed you and that maybe Virginia is taking advantage of that exact same. I, I just want to say the, uh, the upside of being right when everybody else is on the other side of this issue is greater Worth than it. the downside of being Fair. wrong. Um, Virginia. Ben, you're right. Telling the truth, every word. Oh, really? The only place you can find this online is in The Observer. Alexandra Wentworth wrote about, <laughs> I gave Alexandra Wentworth, George Stephanopoulos' wife, a bad review of a show she did. And in response, in the days when people had, there was a fray around stuff like this, she responded to my bad review by taking to the observer and saying I'd had a crush on her husband that we'd traveled to Prague once and I'd never gone out and that's why I was mad. And well, writer, you left out that goss. Geez, well, I asked you about goss. <laughs> that is that is that that happened after it, and you know whatever. But the, but so and I said I did clerical work for him because that count as going on a date. Um, and she then publicly apologized um, for saying. I mean I there couldn't have been less between George and me and I didn't anyway, but yes, all true. And the things I don't remember, I mean, is Havel especially short? I just remember him being not noticing how tall he was. Um, no, I, 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 I just um, like, I just made something up and I thought if you said, I think he, he's really, oh, I maybe six one or something like that. Yeah. Um, that, it, but, but because I think he is short, but it was, the, I mean, what was I going to say that he has really, he actually has purple hair. I mean, it was like hard to, yeah, to yeah, like yeah. come up with, no, 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 you know, I what's his blood type? I mean, I hope that I, like, it wasn't like one of those, like James Comey, Philip Roth things where they stand up and you're like, what the hell? So when you said six, four. I was like, yeah, I think you're like misleading me because there's no way I would have remembered if you six four. Anyway, okay. that's that. Yeah. How did I forget? I forget things. I just truly like that's why I didn't look up um, anything in advance. Like I was like, I will trust my memory. The reason I don't tell the story is there's not like really a great, you know, they're not three acts to it. 
there's like it's just a it's just name dropping you know it doesn't have like a really nice moment when like a thing happened that was surprising it's just like three names and like the subtlety of his relationship with his wife is something that like I could write about I mean I try to write about and like a little perfect little gem of a short story for an Iowa writers workshop class but otherwise there's not like a rollicking in lieu of fun tale about it so i just thought i'd keep it short because it sounds so preposterous and then let details come out in questions so and i, I a, fooled you all i have a retrospective question about this no, so um you made a study today of past uh episodes of where's the lie by way of preparation. Mm -hmm. Who fooled you and who did you have totally pegged? Uh, oh, that's a, okay, that's great. Um, I honestly, I love Mike Godwin so much. <laughs> oh yeah, that, oh, that, was, that, was, that was a great so story. Good. It's such that's a great. good story. But that was yeah. where I got the idea that if the story is really long, it's confused, like the, the burden on you might be less. I don't know. I decided I sort of was like, yeah, maybe the story needs to be shorter because, you know, that's how it is on anyway. So that's where I got that idea. Um, I was definitely, you know, I just liked his story a lot. Um, and they all involve, Tom they all involve a famous person. Like they all have involved a famous person. Like nice they're all about encountered with like a famous person as like a key point to them. I've been thinking about this a lot. I was going to tell a story about um, a, a kind of like winter yeah, carnival. It's about the bunny um, ranch and like this famous madam. Mm. I, I've and, never like, heard about, of her. And it was about like the editor of the Atlantic. I mean, not meeting them, but like, I don't know. Anyways, you're right. It wasn't as much about seeing, about someone meeting someone famous. I was going to tell about this druggy high school experience, and um, and I like had tons of details, and like the sheriff came after me and stuff. Didn't have any famous people in it, um, except for a guy that later became a hedge funder, whose name you wouldn't recognize, but that was like I had a huge crush on, and um, and uh, so I didn't go with that because it was a little too salacious, honestly. Like, and also there's this sort of quite humiliating with the sheriff thing. You guys are already sort of bringing the mood down. Is it, is it still too soon? <laughs> it's still too strong. I was 16. Exactly. Um, well, Virginia Heffernan, you're a great American for fooling everybody totally except surprised. me. That was great. Um, Thank that you. Was, that, was, that, was that was really fantastic. You really, um, you really fooled me. Uh, I mean, really fooled me. That it I was, was, I mean, it's, it, it's it, the it, perfect, it's the perfect persuasiveness when you fool everybody except me. Um, <laughs> it's really the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. Um, Someday, by the way, I really would like to review how that '90s moment for those of us who remember it, where it, like it, it's just oh, silly. I, and now it's like, is it just because we were young? Like it's just no. I, I think about that all the. I think about that all the time. I, I don't know if you do too, Ben, but I do yeah, think the about time. the and the insanity of the '90s when. Like we make fun of the end of history type of thing, but it did in a way kind of feel like the lion was lying down with the lamb and yes. it was all it was all yes. gonna work it would like it really was gonna finally work out. Um yes. and you know, you know that and then worth, yeah. You know that Wordsworth line, bliss was it in that dawn to be alive and to be young was very heaven. Honestly, oh, not kidding. Nice. It's a French Revolution. Yeah. Another thing that didn't end as well as it started, but right, I know. Well, actually, it didn't right. start well either. <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah, good point. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are gonna leave it there. We will be back tomorrow. We have no idea who the guest is going to be, whether they will be telling the truth or lying. Uh, can I can I make a plug for my show? Yeah, it starts, of it starts when? Uh, Thursday and it is called This is Critical and it's uh, critical cultural criticism. Um, and first oh. episode is on trash talking and flopping um, with a professional basketball player who really tells you how to trash talk and how to flop successfully. Um, and I think it's going to be great. It's on Stitcher. It's called This is Critical at This Critical Pod on Twitter. Cool. So exciting. Uh, and 
when you have to come back on the show to talk about it when there are a few episodes up. Yeah, totally. Oh, I definitely will. You guys are going to love, really love this show. Flop, by the way, Rob, like a soccer player, those operatic falls where people exaggerate their injuries. Um, yeah, I think you're going to really like it. Cool. I learned how to do those falls. You did? Yeah. When you, when you learn um, uh, Aikido and certain martial arts, you learn how to do high falls. Right. Oh. It's called Ukem. It's called Ukemi. Ukemi. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, Very cool. Yep. It's a, and you can make them look about as uh, flamboyant and dramatic as you want. Yeah. I try to do that in my personal life. Yeah. Just get a lot of sympathy <laughs> for, for intention and sympathy. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I never mentioned this, but I have videotape of my brown belt test when I was 23 years old. Wow. Should I should I get it converted and show it? I think you should. Yes, obviously. Okay. Oh my okay. gosh, totally. Okay. That'll uh, be twenty-two hours and fifty-three minutes. At fifty-nine minutes from now, we'll see Scott's brown belt exam. <laughs> <laughs> and until then, Virginia, we can't have fun anymore. But this is what we do in you, yeah, of fun. <laughs> yes. We'll see you tomorrow. Better, better. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.